0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the prophet Speak. This is Jonah, Yonah 1B, the second podcast of chapter 1 in the Safer Yonah. This is Saul Weiner of those for your podcast. You can only listen to B if you've listened to Yonah 1, or 1A, which had um, a whole list of questions about the first chapter, and now I'm going to go about answering these questions. We started by asking about Yonah and why, why God chose Yonah. Why did he run away? Why did he have to run so far? I just wanted to explain that this chapter is really a metaphor for all of us in all of our lives. This is something that's extremely relevant and it's an issue which we all deal with in our lifetime. And as all of the prophets are, uh, are throughout the, all of the books, they're trying to teach us all a lesson in our personal lives. Everyone of us has potential. All of us have special skills and something to contribute. And all of us have the ability to contribute these things, and we all have missions that are given to us by God. However, many of us, Actually, most of us, maybe even all of us, fall short of fulfilling that mission. In fact, many of us not only fall short of fulfilling that mission in life, but we actually put up obstacles and make it more difficult for those missions to be accomplished. We, God gives us relationships, and we get into fights and mess up those relationships. God gives us the ability to accomplish things and we're lazy and we don't accomplish them. And we and and God gives us the ability to 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 use our resources and, and and we decide to use those resources to hurt other people instead of help them. God gives us the faculties to be to 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 read, to learn, to understand, to teach. And instead we choose to um to use to either abuse them, ignore them, to run away from them. This is something we do all the time. The um, And we tend to think that if we don't accomplish our own mission in life, if we don't accomplish our own potential in life, that it's we who suffer and not the people who are around us that suffer. But in truth, it's not just us that suffer. It's everyone that depends on us that suffers. It's our spouses, our children, our relatives, our friends, our community, and indeed the entire world that suffers when every person doesn't fulfill the mission that they are appointed to. I want to um, give an example um, that kind of, it's an extreme example, but, but uh, one that will really drive home this point. And that is the example of, of an addict. You have a person who's in a relationship, they're a spouse, they're a parent, they're responsible for other people. They're responsible to a job, a job which is going to earn a livelihood to support a family, a job which is going to accomplish all kinds of things to help other people, depending on whatever job that is. But the person sabotages him or herself by abusing a substance like alcohol or drugs or, or whatever. The person is constantly um, telling themselves that... They're doing it for themselves, and they're not hurting anyone around them. But the truth is, is they create this, this situation where other people keep trying to do the right thing, but they make it more and more difficult for everyone around them. Everyone that needs them and depends on them will not benefit from them, even to the extent that the person brings themselves to death, or God forbid, in the most extreme circumstance, suicide when a person does that, they think of themselves that they're only hurting themselves and not the other people around them. While in truth, it's the most selfish thing at all, because by taking one's own life away, whether it's actual suicide or just ruining one's own life and potential, they hurt everyone else that now has to live without them. What we see, we don't know exactly what it is the reason yet why Yonah wanted to run from this job that God is giving him. We're going to find out some hints in later chapters. We're not there yet. But we do know that Yonah wanted to run from God and not accomplish his mission, just like we all do. We all have a mission. Yonah had a special, special, special potential. And his potential was, is that he understood how to speak to people and how to speak to people about God. And he should have understood that everyone else around him is affected when he does not fulfill that mission. So God comes to him and says, Yonah, I want you to go to Ninve. God's telling Yonah, you have a job, you have a mission to go to Ninve and teach them because that is something that you have, that is a skill that you have, that is something that you can contribute. Yonah refused to go. He gets on a boat, and the first thing he finds out when he's on the boat is that everyone else that's around him that did absolutely nothing wrong is going to die because of him. And then something happens when he's on the boat that's truly remarkable. The people start to ask him, where are you from? Who are you? What nation are you from? Why are they asking him all of these questions? Because once they understand that it's his fault that they're all suffering... These people are good people. They want to know all of these questions because they're trying to figure out maybe there's something we can fix here. What's your business? Or maybe you're carrying a suitcase of stolen goods. Maybe you did something against your God. Maybe you rebelled. Maybe you're a bad person. Something. something. Maybe we can repent. Maybe we can give back the stolen goods. Maybe we can, Whatever it was that you did wrong, maybe it can be fixed. But then Yonah told them something that was truly remarkable. In a short speech, he said, It's not a tit-for-tat, it's not so easy. I fear God, the one who's the creator of the entire universe. In that one speech, Yonah demonstrated to us the answer to our first question, which is, why did God choose Yonah? Because all of a sudden, when he gave them that speech, suddenly the men understood. These men who just a few minutes before were idol worshipers, praying to to nothingness, praying to meaningless gods that can't help, all of a sudden realized that there's a one God, that there's a God we can pray to. There's a God who does mean something. There's a God who's a creator of everything. He immediately made believers out of them. Jonah had such a power to speak that even under these circumstances he had the ability to change a group of sailors who were all idolaters into God-fearing people. Imagine what that could have done to Ninve. Imagine what that could have done to the whole world. And here he was, running away from it. Here he was, running away. It's, It's awful to think. And then... But Yonah still did not want to accomplish his mission. If you imagine my, my comparison to an addict, his desire to get away was so strong that he wanted to run all the way to Tarshish in order to avoid having to do this mission of talking to Nineveh. And we'll, like I said, why he wanted to avoid it, we're going to try to explore that in later chapters. But he wanted to avoid it. And he wasn't going to fulfill the mission that he had. Right? The mission that he just demonstrated how good he is at doing it. So that's why he, and he did have, he would rather die than fulfill that mission. Because Yonah still didn't recognize and still didn't get the message that his death will deprive the entire world of Yonah. And then the people go ahead and they say, um, Uh, what should we do with you? And he says, throw me in the sea because of his death wish. Because he refuses, he'd rather die. And then we know for the people on the ship, what do they do? They decide to turn around. They realize, well, if his sin is that he's running away, then let's go back. But that didn't help. Why didn't that help? Because as long as Yonah doesn't repent, as long as Yonah is not ready to do his mission, turning around isn't going to help. What will he do? He'll get on another ship and go away. Until Yonah decides that he's gonna to listen to God and do the mission, turning around isn't gonna do anything. Praying to God isn't gonna do anything. And yes, they recognized and understood that 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 God will allow the, the 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 many people to suffer just because of this one person. As much as that seems unjust, but if they don't do If if that person won't turn around, then the rest of the boat will suffer. They go ahead, they throw Yonah in the sea, and then their fear of God is so tremendous because they realize and they see how um, the justice of God works. This idea that one person's failure affects the entire world around them and that many people often fear and avoid their own success and their own greatness, is expressed beautifully in a quote that is very often misattributed to various people. I've seen it misattributed to uh, Nelson Mandela and others. But the one who actually wrote it was Marianne Williamson in her book entitled A Return to Love, Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles. But this is her quote, And I'm going to read it to you in its entirety, because it really sums up this idea that we see in this first chapter. Quote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You are playing small. Does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That really sums up the message of this first chapter. And then, just to add one more thing before we end, probably the most famous Hasidic story of all time is the story of the Rebbe, Rebbe Zusha the Rabbi Rabbi who was the brother of the Rebbe Rabbi Elimelech. So the Hasidic leader, Rabbi Zushia, whose brother was much more famous than him. And someone once asked him, Why are you not as great as your brother, the Rabbi Rabbi Elimelech? To which he answered, When I go to heaven before I die, they're not going to ask me, Why weren't you Rabbi Elimelech? What they're going to ask me is, why were you not, Rav Zushya. Meaning, why did you not reach the potential that you had? That is the lesson of this first chapter of Jonah. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to studying chapter 2 together.